Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to The Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Friday before Liverpool take on Manchester City in the Premier League. Now, to spare you some of the horrors of thinking about that game, let me ease you into the horrors. If you change just five Liverpool results from the last five years, they would have been Champions League winners in 1718. Invincible Centurions and CL winners in 1819. Centurion champions again in 1920. And then quadruple winners last year. Five games has separated us from three European Cups and two titles rather than one European Cup and one title. That is horrendous. And two-time Centurions and Invincible. That's horrible. That had, that I saw that and that spoiled my day. So I'm going to spoil your day. We play Manchester City on Sunday. And folks, I have to be honest, I, I have absolutely no uh, belief that we can win this game. None whatsoever. Not with the way we're playing. Not with the players Jurgen Klopp continues to pick. I think we will lose, and I think we will lose in a manner that is not embarrassing, but a little bit concerning. Carl Matchett, normally the more positive of the two of us on Scouted, suggested that City would win 5-2. I suggested 3-1, my thinking being City to go three up and then just take their foot off the pedal and just sort of coast till the end of the game and we'd get a late goal and put a bit of respect on it, but yeah, they're just so good right now. And that fella up front is not human. He is of of a different species to the rest of us. He is a sensational player. And he is aided and abetted by Kevin De Bruyne, Phil Foden, Bernardo Silva, Joao Canseo, LK Gundogan, having all of that creativity in your starting 11, 
means that your striker is going to get a lot of chances and a lot of easy chances. And we've seen Haaland's goals this season. The vast majority of, of them are tap-ins. He doesn't need to do a whole lot to put the ball in the back of the net. What's actually more impressive than the goal tally is the positions that he gets himself in. Like, he is an enormous human being. He is 6'4". He's 15 stone, probably. He looks like Jonah Lomu in his prime. And yet, he has an incredible gift of sneaking into positions without defenders really being aware of where he is. You watch him, and a City pick the ball up, he'll make one movement, and then another, and then another, and then another. And he's always looking to get into space. And once he's in that space, once he's timed the run properly, then the ball will arrive. And whether it's De Bruyne, whether it's Foden, slinging in balls from the angle or crosses, whether it's Bernardo with a cutback, whether it's Ilke Gundogan threading the ball between the lines, Jao Canseo underlapping, cutting inside and drifting it onto his forehead. The service has been incredible this year. And credit to Guardiola, City have been playing this same way for the last two seasons. Nothing has really changed in terms of how they build up and where they're trying to put the ball. And we saw Aguero, we saw Gabriel Jesus, and we saw Sterling and even Ferran Torres all score a decent amount of goals. But having that more physical, stronger, faster presence just means that those balls that maybe aren't perfect all of a sudden become perfect. With a small striker like Aguero or like Gabriel Jesus or like Raheem or like Ferran Torres, the service has to be exactly where it's needed to be. With a mammoth like Haaland, you can put the ball a yard ahead of him. It's still where he needs it because he's got legs that are seven feet long. You can put the ball eight foot up in the air and he'll just jump up and head it. He's, he's, he is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And Look, if you were picking two centre-backs anywhere in the world to try and deal with him, Virgil would absolutely top that list, as he would top any other list involving centre-backs. And I do think Ibu would probably be second. Like, Ibu can match him for size, for strength, for speed. And if Ibu's on, and Virgil's more like Virgil, they do have a chance of stopping him. The issue is, who then is going to stop Phil Foden, Kevin De Bruyne, uh, Jao Canseo, Bernardo Silva and Ilkay Gundogan? Because it certainly won't be certain other players. City are going to get a lot of chances in this game. Liverpool are going to need Alisson Becker to be at his best. They're going to need their defence to be right on top of their game. They're going to need the midfield to do their job. And they're going to need to take advantage of whatever chances they get themselves. Ideally, they need to score first. Ideally, they need to start fast. And those are things that just haven't happened this season. Myself and Carl 
disgusted and scouted. And by disgusted, I mean I shouted at him because he suggested playing Jordan Henderson. And I just can't be having it anymore. Seven goals that fellas conceded for us this season simply by not doing his job. Seven. He missed games with an injury and he still calls the seven goals. I could be harsh and include the lead, the goal against Fulham where he hoofed the ball needlessly. Now he did get fouled in the aftermath or he appeared to get fouled. I could be harsh and include the Rangers goal where Scott Arfield is absolutely his responsibility and he's not even aware he's there. But we'll stick with the seven. Palace, both the United goals, the first two goals against Brighton and the first two goals against Arsenal all come from Henderson just not doing his job. It's a repeat of last season. And unfortunately, the others aren't picking up the slack from the way they did last season. He is setting the standard this season by dragging everybody else to his level. Jurgen Klopp says he's wary of the big gap between Rangers and Man City. Well, that is good to hear because it didn't appear like he was wary of the big gap between Rangers and Arsenal last week and thought because we'd put in an okay performance against Rangers, he could just run the same team out against Arsenal. There has been no normal Liverpool performance this season. None. We haven't seen a proper Liverpool performance this season. We take a look at our games. They've all been, you know, really sluggish, like against Fulham, like against Crystal Palace, flat out awful, like against United. A bizarre game where we managed to win 9-0 against Bournemouth. Really sluggish against Newcastle. Awful against Everton. Really sluggish against Brighton. Awful against Arsenal. Awful against Napoli. I thought Ajax was probably our best performance for start-finish, but like, let's not forget they did score and then hold us level for 62 minutes. We were okay against Rangers. You wouldn't say we were good. You wouldn't say we were at anything like our best. And then that bizarre game on Wednesday night where we were awful in the first half, much better in the second half, obviously, but still nowhere near the level that we're capable of and scored six goals in, in 45 minutes to, um, well, to, to trans Rangers and, and win 7-1 at Ibrox. Record scoreline for a visiting team at Ibrox. Uh, joint record defend, uh, defeat for Rangers. They lost 7-1 in a cup final to Celtic and then lost 7-1 at home to us. It couldn't be better. It really couldn't be better. I'm sure their fans love looking at that those records. Um, yeah, like City are just they're they're terrifying, and they're going to walk the league. Like we, this Arsenal thing is all you know very nice, and we should all give them a little pat on the head. But they're not going to be within ten or fifteen points of City come the end of the season. They just they're nowhere close to the level of this City team. Haaland is just a different beast. De Bruyne is the best midfielder in the world. Rodri might be the best holding midfielder in the world. Foden is an outrageous talent. Bernardo Silva is an outrageous talent. Ilke Gundogan is one of the most underrated players in the world. He is absolutely, undeniably world-class. Um, 
Joe Cancelo has been fairly sensational now for about 14 months after a career where he'd largely been inconsistent. They do have some flaws. Their goalkeeper's not great. Um, without Kyle Walker, they lack pace and defence. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. You wouldn't look at any of a Kanji, Diaz or Ake and say, you know, they're a great centre-back. The the best centre-back they have at the club is Emeric Laporte and he's never been the same since he hurt his knee a few years ago. So, they do have some flaws. But none of them are in their midfield or attack. And against a team that's playing as badly as us, it's the midfield and attack that will make us pay unless we are absolutely on our game. If you haven't listened to Scouted yet, my suggested 11 is Alisson, Gomez, Canate, Virgil, Robbo. Across the midfield, Jota on the right, Fabinho and Thiago in the middle, and Costas on the left. And then Mo and Bobby up front. And the reason for putting Costas in is because we need diligent defensive players. Diligent defensive players who will do their jobs, who will track runners, who will put a foot in, who will take a yellow card for the team when we need them to take a yellow card for the team. Just commit the foul. But, you know, um, that's what I would do. I know playing Costas on the left wing seems a bit odd, but there is no other option. You put Jota on the right largely so that he can man-mark the pest that will be Jair Canseo. And you put Costas on the left because it allows him to drop into midfield if need be. It allows him to double up with Robbo and be really solid there. Jota will stick to whatever task he's given diligently. And that allows the two boys in midfield to do their thing. Now, it does leave them outnumbered in midfield, which is a little bit of a concern, but I think you just drop Bobby back in and have Bobby sort of stand on Rodri and almost go 4-2-3-1 with Bobby playing as, you know, a 10 more so than a, a striker alongside Mo, but play Mo up top. Central areas. Now, what I expect Klopp to do is go 4-3-3. I think he goes back to the safety blanket I think he plays number 14 in midfield with Thiago and Fabinho and goes with Salah, Bobby and Jota as a front three. Remains to be seen, though. Um, 
Elijah Dixon Bonner left Liverpool this summer and he has now signed a contract with Queen's Park Rangers. Uh, he said that after a lot of thought and a lot of, uh, you know, meeting with other clubs, he had decided to join QPR. He had a trial with them last month and Michael Beale seems to have been impressed by what he saw. There's no doubting Dixon Bonner is a talented player and hopefully he'll go on and have himself a good career. All seven players released by Liverpool at the end of last season have now found permanent homes. Divock Origi obviously went to AC Milan. Loris Karius was signed by Newcastle to aid uh, a bit of an injury crisis. Ben Gordon went to Preston. Shea Ojo stayed at Cardiff, where he'd been on loan. Uh, Louis Longstaff joined Cove Rangers, who are in Scotland. And Sean Wilson is with Skelmersdale United, who I've never heard of, in the eighth tier of English football. How old is Sean Wilson? See, one of the problems I have with academy players is we tend to hang on to them for so long and then let them go. Like, if the best... With respect, if the best that Shea Ojo can do is Cardiff, or that Ben Woodburn can do is Preston, or that Louis Longstaff can do is Cove Rangers, Cove Rangers in the Scottish Championship, or that Sean Wilson can do is Skelmersdale United, if that's the best they can do, they're not good enough for Liverpool. And they haven't been good enough for a couple of years. So why did we keep Louis Longstaff till he was 21? Like, Shea Ojo must be pushing 25 now. Shea Ojo is 25 now. Ben Woodburn has got to be 22. He is 22. He's 22. He's 23 tomorrow. Why did we hang on to these lads for so long? Like, somebody should have known at 16 that Sean Wilson wasn't going to make it at Liverpool. And, you know, the rest of them, 18, 19, 20, they shouldn't be at the club anymore. This is why we've got such an inflated wage bill, or one of the reasons we've got an inflated wage bill. I wish them all the very best. I hope they all go on to have good careers, but what are we doing? Uh, This is Anfield has plenty of pre-match stuff in the build-up to this weekend's massacre. Um... Liverpool.com, bold Jurgen Klopp move can beat Pep Guardiola and Man City to kickstart Liverpool revival. Liverpool just discovered perfect solution as Jurgen Klopp has one less Man City injury concern. Uh, Tottenham may have just led Liverpool to free transfer gem. Daichi Kamada would be a good Bobby replacement as your, you know, fifth attacker in, in a three or your fourth striker if you're playing two up front. Um, Kylian Mbappe would have Lionel Messi issue again at Liverpool garbage absolute garbage we're not going to sign him Liverpool should get new pressing monster as Chelsea contingency plan hints at transfer chance this is about Mason Mount Um, you'd have to be in favour I think of, of signing Mason Mount 
if he became available. Liverpool following Champions League star and must seek to win new Real Madrid transfer battle. Oh, this is about Kavicha, who, yeah, uh, happily, we'd happily take him. Arsenal could hijack move of next Neymar on way to Liverpool as free transfer race hots up. Um, this piece of it, Mignolet doing well. The free transfer race is about Conrad Lamer, and the new Neymar is Marcus Leonardo. Um, some South American journalist named Milton Neves apparently said earlier this year that the player was on his way to Liverpool, but it seems Arsenal and Tottenham. Both now interested, and uh, the club won 50 million, so we can absolutely rule ourselves out of that. Liverpool should revive transfer interest in 9 million Michael Edwards' target to get flexible FSG fix. Okay. Amin Harat. Um, talented player, for sure. Uh, he is on loan at Marseille. He is not owned by Marseille. He is owned by Schalke. And there is absolutely no way to get him at the moment. And to be fair, nor should we. Nor should we. He's a very talented player. But he's a very frustrating, inconsistent player. So let's just leave him where he is. He's never really done much outside of the French League. He was... Uh, a Pretty big disappointment at Schalke for the most part. Um, on AnfieldIndex.com, there is that new scout that I mentioned with Carl. Uh, have a listen. Listen to me shouting at him. There is a new rival recon, um, which is Harry Sethi, joined by Dan Burke of the Blue Moon podcast. There is the new Mo Beyond the Spot, The Joy of Uncertainty. Do check that one out. And there is a Mo Chatra Money Talks on the way. It has been recorded. Trev Downey on Mo uh, having a good old chinwag. This weekend, obviously, after the game against Manchester City, there will be two podcasts for you. Nina Kauser will be doing her live show. So uh, if you want to call into that, you can. You can call in and you can rant away to your heart's content. Or, you know, if you want to call in and be uber positive about things, and I'm sure you can do that as well. And then for Raw, it is myself, Trev, and Jim Boardman. So do make sure to check that one out. It's generally out about two hours after the game finishes because we do about 70 to 90 minutes on the game. And then by the time it's rendered and edited and whatever else, it's uh, it's generally two hours after the game that it comes out. And uh, that's that. That is me for the week. Uh, enjoy your misery. See you as Monday. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. 
The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.